Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello, and uh, it's show number 307 from Engage for Success. So uh, today uh, we're going to be talking about the key to true employee engagement and the fact we uh, sense that the key to true employee engagement is indeed uh, rests with leadership and that it's, uh, it's all about um, strong and effective leadership. And to help us explore that topic, I'm really pleased to welcome today's guest. Today's guest is Dee Dee Bennett. Hello, Dee Dee. Hello. Welcome to the show. Um, so for our listeners, Dee Dee is um, Director of Human Resources and Global HR Business Partner with PayPal um, at the moment and, and works out of uh, Ireland. Um, and but as we will hear from her accent, she doesn't hail from that part of the world initially. So, um, Didi, perhaps before we before we get into the subject um, of today's show, you can just give us a little bit of an overview of your background professionally, can you? Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Jill, and thanks for having me on the show today. Uh, yes, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm clearly not originally from the the European part of the world, and certainly certainly not Ireland. Um, I, I have uh, as red as hair as anybody might in Ireland, uh, but as soon as I open my mouth, it becomes quite clear that I'm, I'm from the U.S. and not, not <laughs> that part of the world. So I, I was born and raised in, um, in California until I moved uh-huh. to, to uh, rainy Dublin, Ireland about uh, five and a half years ago. But um, I, I ended up moving out there for my career. I, mm-hmm. uh, at the time, worked for an Irish-based company. But, but overall, I've got about, I'd say, a little over 20 years of, of HR leadership um, background, uh, mostly in, in California, but then also do global roles from California, uh, with, where, where I worked for a company called Glambia Nutritionals um, in the manufacturing sector. And then mm-hmm. um, had the great opportunity with with them back in 2013 to relocate uh, to Dublin, Ireland, and continued on in that role for a couple of years before I decided to take the leap over into the um, IT slash fintech sector sector of PayPal, and um, you know just explore and expand on my experience working for that company, but still doing it in a global capacity. So currently, I would support um, four different commercial leadership teams across PayPal, two of those being global, hitting you know all of the countries that we support, both in, in APAC, Europe, and then also in the, the Americas as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's an, it's a, I mean, it must be a very interesting sector uh, to be in at the moment, given if, you know, there is not a single conversation, a business conversation or business meeting that doesn't in some respects talk about tech and tech disruption and, and the radical change to our lives that tech has has made and is going to continue to make in the coming years. So it must be a very exciting uh, environment to to be in. But today we're going to talk slightly more generally, I think, aren't we, about about your your take on leadership, your take on employee engagement that that you've developed over over the last sort of 20 years in in, in terms of your career. So um, let's let's start off, if I may. Why is this topic so important to you, Judy? Why why is it your firm belief that to really engage our people, um, we have to start with leadership? Uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's a great question. Um, probably one that's difficult to answer, maybe in, in rather than just a couple minutes. But I think overall, you know, personally, as somebody who's been an employee and had leaders myself, both extremely good, who 
you know, I, I attribute to the fact that I was able to grow my career under their leadership and their support, but also had, had leaders that I worked for that, that did quite the opposite and, and really, you know, knocked me down um, and also seeing, seeing leaders knock other people down. So I think from a standpoint, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about that people leadership um, point of it, but overall, mm-hmm. you know, the, the leadership um, piece of it around people leadership, you know, inspiring, being able to, to make the right courageous decisions for an organization to go further is, you know, to me, it is the heart and soul of an organization. And I just, uh, you know, I've seen in my career that we don't necessarily always treat it like the heart and soul of, of, of the organization and look for lots and lots of ways to engage our employees, lots and lots of, of fluffy, as I say, ways to engage our employees, which are all great things to do. But when you do that in the absence of having that strong leadership, uh, you're just never going to have that same impact on the organization. And I've seen that again and again in, in a number of, of organizations um, that I've worked closely with and you know, worked for. Um, and and that, I think over time, it's just continued to increase my passion on why it's so important. It's just, it's just, you've just continually crystallized it as you've, as you've gone along. It's just reinforced that sense over and over. So, so when you, when you started out, when you were an employee, um, and perhaps with, with no, with no responsibility for anybody else other than doing, you know, turning up and doing your job, um, you know, when you started out as an employee, in those early days, what was your experience of leadership like? So I, I actually, one of the most interesting um, examples of this I have is, you know, again, before I ever went into human resources, and I was actually in college at the time, I was bartending at a, at a company called Hard Rock Cafe. You might have heard of them. Oh, yeah. And, yes. And, <laughs> yes. And, um, and I, I remember I would go into to work every day and we had these, we had two managers there um, that worked our night shift. And one of them was the name of John and the other one was Marie just to, just to split it out. And I, I remember being fascinated to the point that I ended up writing one of my college papers on this, that we would have the same group of people coming into, into the, the, you know, into the restaurant night in and night out but we would have a very different effect on the type of night that we would have based off of who was managing that night. And, and John was a, you know, a real, a really strong people leader. He was somebody who, who, um, you know, just always encouraged the team. He was right in there with the team. He was managing the shift in there with the team, just driving it throughout the night. And people really loved and respected and wanted to come in and work hard for him. And Marie was quite the opposite. You know, she was a very negative individual. She was, she was constantly micromanaging people, constantly looking for what they were doing wrong. And what I saw at the end is, is, a, is a very different shift. You know, people's attitudes were different. And in the end of it, we would have, you, you could literally get to the bottom line of it where you would see that they had less tables that were turned on the nights that she was there. Um, the, the, closing, the closing work didn't get done nearly as, as good as, as the other night. There was less revenue on the nights that she, she worked. And you just saw such a difference in the people of that. But the same people, but a very, very different outcome each and every night, just based off the way that they were, you know, hands-on managing that, that same team. Yeah, and that always stuck with me into my career. Yeah, so that, that really makes the point, I think, and it may well be something you're going to mention later on is that actually it's it's not just we don't just mean leadership necessarily from the executive team but it's it's the leadership of people into 
into people teams or line managers is, is, is as important too. So that in that instance, that Hard Rock Cafe instance, it was leadership in a very local microcosm rather than necessarily Absolutely. leadership from the, from the exec team, wasn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But of course, it's all, it's all, it all connects, right? So yes. Um, yes. it all connects up through, up through that chain, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and so that was when it all began for you. Um, you probably didn't realize it at the time. You well, well, you know, you said you wrote a paper on it, didn't you? So you clearly, you clearly were were recognizing it, but perhaps hadn't got the hadn't got necessarily the theory to to underpin it or or explain it. But over the course of your career, how how would you say you should? What does strong leadership look like in your experience? You know, how, how have you seen it being acted out? Yeah, I, I'm, lots of different ways, um, definitely. Maybe one or two examples I, I can share with you. And, you know, maybe before I jump into that, I think one of the things, too, that I just feel so strongly um, about is that, you know, and I say this a lot to the teams that I support, is that when you, when you take on a people leadership role, I really believe you're taking on a huge responsibility. You know, you become mm-hmm. somewhat accountable for the outcomes of these, um, these individuals that you're leading because you can have such an effect on them in ways that I don't think sometimes people realize. And, mm-hmm. and where I've seen that in action, um, you know, I, I suppose one example that I have um, when, when in my, old, my last role, is um, we had a, a sales team in our U.S. business that was really struggling, really struggling to make quotas, really struggling as an organization, you know, as an organizational kind of team. Um, mm-hmm. they, you could tell the morale was, was down, you know, it, just all of those things that you see. And we brought in a new sales leader for this exact reason. And it was absolutely fascinating for me to watch this team turn around in less than 9 to 12 months. Um, it surpassed all their quotas. Um, you know, basically be part of this kind of winning team, see the trust build in that team, see their, their behaviors, you know, instantly change. And hard decisions were made through that. I mean, there was, there was long-term salespeople that had been on that team for probably 20 years that weren't right for the new direction. And, and you know, that leader had to make courageous decisions to respectfully mm-hmm. move them on. Um, obviously bringing in, you know, AAA um, candidates to, to help um, show the team where they could actually get to if they really put in the effort to uh, to do so and and in doing so you know was doing a lot of coaching with them uh, out in the field coaching with them sitting down making sure that they had clear uh, responsibilities and goals that they were meeting their targets having those weekly meetings and and once they got used to that kind of routine and got used to that, you started to see the behaviors change and you started to see people really clock in and, and those same quotas that they felt were impossible to meet, they were suddenly surpassing. And then we were having to increase those quotas, um, you know, to the next levels. And, and it, mm-hmm. was, it, was, it was fun to be part of it. It was fun to watch. And that would be one example. Another one I'd say more on a personal level um, for a CEO that I had reported into a really, really tough CEO, uh, but somebody that, you know, really cared about the people that he, that, that he, 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 um, you know, all the people that he supported, but he also took the time to, to really sit down and give you that, that hard constructive criticism that maybe you don't want to hear. And because Mm -hmm. he took the time to do that directly with me, you know, on a couple of my gaps, it, it fundamentally changed my career. It fundamentally changed. It was my responsibility to focus and to make those changes. 
but him as a leader, he took the responsibility to bring that to my awareness. And because of that, you know, I've been able to grow my career as well. So I'd say maybe those are two different examples of, of a couple things that I've seen. Yeah, and, and that's, they're, they're very interesting examples, I think, listening to them there, Dee Dee, because it's very easy, I think, for people who don't really understand some of this stuff to think that it's actually, it's a you're on a pendulum. You can either choose to be hard and aggressive and, a, and, and taking your sales team example, um, you know, just sort of yelling at people to hit their targets and threats and, and um, you know, the, the sort of abusive type of sales role on the one hand. And that the other extreme is that you're all soft and fluffy and peopley and lovey, lovey-dovey and everything's all, all, you know, it's all about caring and, and, as I say, soft and fluffy. And, you know, that CEO thing you talked about as well, his, his um, well, their, their ex- that your experience of them, it, was, it became clear with both of those examples that you cited that actually this wasn't about being soft and fluffy. Yes, it was about dealing with people. It was about engaging with people. It was about having empathy for those people. It was about treating people as individuals. But it was about coaching and supporting them. But they were not afraid in either of those examples to take the tough decisions and to deal with the, give people proper constructive feedback, even if it was critical, but it was supportive and positively critical in terms of where you might go. So, I think that's really interesting. You know, you don't have to be one or the other, do you? No, and I, I think, you know, I think, um, I think both are can be equally as bad. <laughs> so yeah. it is, you know, it's it's very hard to, you know, it's very easy to lose respect for a team, you know, being being the overly nice side, but not anybody there who's who's driving and supporting that team to success. And mm-hmm. um, and it is it is about being tough and it is about setting expectations and stretching people and pushing people and you know getting them to believe that they could do things that they didn't even think they could do as well. But also about bringing that team together as a, as a unit and expecting them and putting ways for them to work together as a unit better than they could you know potentially individually as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And but it's a tough thing to learn, isn't it? I mean you know these, these things don't come naturally to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, going back to your hard rock example, I suspect that Marie um, either behaved the way she behaved because that's the way people had behaved with her and with her experience, or nobody had actually ever given her the support and training to understand that there was a better way to do it that actually would get her better results. I agree. I agree, definitely. And, um, and I think that that's, you know, if you, if you think of the way that orgs um, set them set up their structures you know you know once you're you call it almost like a pipe a block in the pipeline if you've if you've got a, a very negative leader sitting at a very high level um training you know newer younger leaders to act that same way I call it the, one, the how to me the how is, is more important than what um on mm-hmm. how how you get the teams to to achieve their results because it can have lasting effects and you can breed breed that breed that into the next level of leadership as well, which is, you know, in my opinion, not the direction you want to go. Uh, absolutely. So how how do you then go about and of, and of course when you're in your when you were in the early part of your career, you you were kind of on the receiving end of this sort of stuff, and then gradually as you 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 you, know, you gained in experience and, and seniority, you were starting to be able to influence some of this. So. How do you get organizations to take this kind of thing seriously and focus on it? Yeah, so I'd say 
you know, I, I believe absolutely it, it certainly starts at the top. Um, if you don't have the leadership buy-in in the organization to make these kinds of changes and, and to, to really set up the type of, of programs and accountability that, that uh, you know, that will carry them through, um, it'll, it'll, it won't be successful as an HR initiative. So mm-hmm. certainly trying to get your, you know, your C-suite, as they call it, to to understand the positive impact that it can have on the organization versus the, the negative if you don't do anything. And, and you know, using those, those, those all, all the ways that we learn in HR to, to influence some of our senior leaders, we've got to get them to understand that it can really affect the bottom line results as well. Um, you know, that they can, you know, put that biz, putting that business case together to let them see the impact. And so, I think mm-hmm. it, it really depends on your organization and your current situation and where your levels of influence it is. But it is it is trying to have those tough conversations with the senior leaders, and you know when you can get those senior leaders to to understand and to buy into that. You know I think that's when you have the opportunity to to make a true change within the organization. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, and, and and what do you think? What stops that happening then? Is it is it an inability by HR to make that business case or to be taken seriously at, at, at the at the boardroom table, or, or are there other barriers that we we need to think about as well? Well, I um I'd say there's probably you know it it would be very specific and dependent I suppose on your current organization. I I think of you know I've had some success in 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 making some of these changes with the senior leadership teams that I've sat on. Um, it's always something that I certainly work to focus on. Um, but, you know, it is, it is, I suppose sometimes where it falls down is truly holding the accountability long-term um, to, you know, to move out potentially or, you know, address those expectations that don't meet those standards. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's where I see it is I, I think, you know, sometimes I'll see a lot of organizations focus on leadership and say, you know, this is something that's important to us, but then you'll continually see those types of leaders continue to excel in the organization that don't necessarily exercise the behaviors that you're saying. And, um, or, you know, I, I, when I, when I speak quite often is, um, you, you go through and do these manager effectiveness um, poll surveys with employee engagement surveys, and you'll see where leaders will, will, you can clearly see that there's an issue going on on the manager effectiveness scores. And yet then you'll see two months later that same leader is getting a, a promotion. Um, mm. So they're not, they're not really taking into account that people leadership and the accountability. And until we do that and make it part of you know, people's performance, um, performance reviews, how they're rewarded, uh, how I call it almost like a license to lead. Like if I, if I was literally mm-hmm. owning my own company, I would have a license to lead program. And once people fell, you know, below those certain standards, they would lose that license to lead. Yeah. Uh, but, yes. but we have to be, we have to be vigilant, I think, to hold that standard to that level. And, and to me, that's a, that's a difficult thing, I think, for organizations to do, especially when those same leaders can be, you know, extremely strong in getting results. So the, the what is great, but the how, the, the tornadoes that they're leaving in the wake um, tend to get looked over. And until we really focus on that and take a hard line and get, get, our, get our leaders to do that, I think, you know, that to me is where the challenge falls down. And um, 
I wouldn't say I have all the answers yet on, on how you act, absolutely crack that net, as we might say here in the U.S., mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that there are ways to do it, you know, but you've got to really be working closely with that, that senior leadership, and, and they've got to be bought into making those tough decisions for those, those types of leaders as well. Yes, and, and, it, and it absolutely has to be that, that um, being able to articulate the bottom line business case for this being the right approach, because otherwise you're always going to find that the, the shareholder demands, the, the demands of rep- business reporting are going to trump um, the, the, the need to do, the, well, the, the willingness to do these things on a day-to-day basis unless, pe- unless those two things are totally and inextricably aligned. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think there's a lot of business case studies that have done this well, you know, in in some Hmm. companies, but, uh, but it is, you know, it it wouldn't, this is something that you see across multiple organizations. So I definitely think it's one of the bigger challenges that, that organizations face. That they do. Yeah. So, so just flipping this a little bit, I mean, let's, let's say that we, we recognize there's a job to be done. How, what, what, in your experience, what's the best way to help leaders to develop the kind of skills that they need? Uh, so I, I do believe that getting strong leaders above them, you know, if you think of that kind of mm-hmm. what do we call it, 70, 20, 10 rule of, of learning um, approach, you know, getting, getting yes. strong leaders that can grow and develop them in the right direction is important. Um, putting that accountability in there so that they're getting reviewed on it and they know the importance of it is is important mm-hmm. because then then the accountability becomes on them to focus on it as well with with obviously consequences um mm-hmm. putting you know there's so many good leadership programs i i wouldn't even use this call to start naming some of them but it, it really depending on which one that works best for for an individual's organization there's so many good leadership programs um to do that but but i'd say then in the end is that it to me, it's like it's almost like a muscle. You know, you can't go in and do one leadership program for a two-day period or a week period, and suddenly you miraculously have created a, a team full of great leaders. It, it definitely has to be something that is becomes part of and ingrained in the ongoing culture of an organization, and 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 those leadership programs and those leadership development programs that becomes that becomes ingrained into the culture and everybody understands the importance of it and everybody participates in it. So nobody is above, you know, those refreshers and it's the CEO themselves, the VP is leading by example by saying there's always something for us to learn. There's always mm-hmm. something for us to get refreshed on. We always need to remind ourselves on why this is important, but you, you know, athletes don't go to the gym once, right. And become great athletes. They, they, they have constant training and constant practice, and it is, it is finding ways to, to have the, you know, the, um, the culture of the organization put it into a program like this so that it is, it is something that is constantly part of the annual process, you know, that they're constantly getting refreshers, they're mm-hmm. um, learning new and different things each year, and, and putting that in, and I think that's where you start to see kind of a tipping point of true change, you know, in, in organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was going to ask you, and I think you've probably, probably kind of covered it. I, I was going to ask you, do you think this is, this is something that is best done on a one-to-one basis with individuals, or is, it, is there real value in taking the leadership team as an entity and 
developing and training them to understand what they should be doing as a team and supporting each other and calling each other out when they're not and 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 that kind yeah. of thing I, probably the latter absolutely absolutely and i think you know what um what where i've seen programs you know certain programs work is when you you do start directly i and you sometimes you see these things and they work from the bottom up and i i've never seen those be quite as successful um and again if, in in the absence of doing nothing i certainly would encourage people to do something but mm. if, when you get those programs where you have your 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 senior leadership team going through that process embedding themselves into it and then taking that and trickling it down through the organization as a process um those are when i i see the true change start to happen mm. and and of course when those when it's done in that kind of way of course it is largely genuinely it's very much relevant and bespoke to the individual organization isn't it so it sort of takes into account what what they're all about rather than it being somebody going off for X amount of external support somewhere. Yeah, and I think that's what's great. If you're, you know, every every organization has its own particular culture and mission and values, and um, and so, it, you know, while there's crossover, I think in the leadership programs, I wouldn't call it a one size fits all, um, mm. but I think you know, um, getting the the HR team to and and the senior leaders partnering in with your you know, your L&D, either internal or getting an external partner that can really help bring this to life for you um, is important. But again, it, you know, to that part you can do, right? But you've got to make sure that that senior leadership and the HR group are working very collaboratively together and partnering well and um, for, for the long-term gain of this. Mm, mm. Not, not the short-term I'm, one-off. <laughs> no. So, I mean, it, it's a habit thing in your view then, Dee Dee. Absolutely, it's it's, fall, you know, we could fall into bad ways. You take your gym analogy, really. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's a skill that you need to develop. Um, it comes easier for for some people, but it is. I think it's absolutely a skill that that is to be developed. Um, and I think that uh, to your point, a habit is is a great way to look at it because you've got to continually be reminding yourself and staying fresh and 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 always feeling like there's something more for you to learn. I, I've seen this again and again where you have very senior people who say oh I'll make sure my team goes to that but I don't need it and Mm -hmm. I I just truly don't I don't believe whatever level we get to in our careers or organizations I feel like we always have something more to gain and to learn and the minute we stop thinking so the minute I believe you you, you've lost a little bit of your of your ability to be a good authentic and strong leader yeah no I I absolutely with you there and of course this all totally ties in as far as engagement success is concerned with our with our four enablers the enablers that we um, that have been identified as being the traits that organizations with highly engaged uh, employees share and the first enabler is that that organization has um, visible and uh, strong and visible leadership who can tell a an effective strategic narrative about the organization you know, where it's come from and where it's going and that they can articulate that um, but that also it sort of ties in with the um, with the other enablers as well so the, the the second one is about the role of the line manager in terms of coaching and stretching and encouraging their people um, and the fourth one is around organization integrity which is basically saying um, the values on the wall are supported by behaviors day to day by everyone whether it's the newest recruit or the the most senior leadership team, and I think um, 
you know, this certainly certainly plays to to all of those, doesn't it? So, so who, who would you say, uh, Dee Dee, um, is whose job is it to hold leadership to account? Because you know, yes, it's a habit thing, and and sometimes people play lip service to these things. You know, when when the going gets tough, when the when the the, the you know the share price is plummeting, it, it's very easy to put these things to one side. So. Who's who's the, the the poor person who's got to stand up and hold leadership to account to, to maintain these kind of standards? Well, I I definitely think you know HR plays a significant role there, um, and I definitely think say and I would I would say that I almost see it as an as an opportunity. You know, HR we're we're always looking for ways to um, to do the value add work, and mm-hmm. to me, there is no more, there is no stronger value add piece of work that HR could do than to to focus on getting leadership to to take this, um, you know, to take this subject and to really really move the needle. I suppose you could say on it. So, and it, it's in a way, I think of it as a true collaborative effort between you know that senior leadership in HR. But I definitely mm-hmm. think it takes a strong HR individual to get in there, work with the senior leadership. Um, try to bring them over the line and in, in seeing the value that this can add, and, and then from there, I believe it's a it's a joined it's a joined responsibility, you know, between the two to 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 really carry this forward and to make a you know a strong positive change for the organization. Absolutely, no, that's that's really great. Well, Dee Dee, thank you. We've we've literally got half a minute left. So um, I'm going to close it there. It's been it's been great to hear your passion and enthusiasm for for the topic, and uh, I don't think anyone listening could uh, could argue with what you've been saying. So some really useful advice and and guidance, and as you say, an opportunity for HR to really add value uh, in terms of the organisational performance, which has to be you know has to be worth doing, doesn't it? So <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Thank you everybody thank for you. listening. It just reminds me to say goodbye. So. Thank you very much. Thank um, you, bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.